shooting. Skimmer Way near Lakewood, Charles 478, Tango. Thank you for joining us on Inside EMS. Now the always entertaining Chris Zebalero and the Ted Nugent of EMS, Kelly Grayson. Well, this is it, and here we go with another great edition of Inside EMS. I'm your host, Chris Subalero. Happy Friday, everybody. This is the springtime edition of Inside EMS. And with me always is that blossoming flower, Kelly Grayson. Kelly, how are you? I'm fine, man. It's high spring when a, when a young man's thoughts turns to love. Is that what it turns to? Yeah, or something like that. I guess when I'm, you're an old man, you don't uh, think about those things. I'm a, I'm a redneck. I'm kind of like the, uh, my my cycle runs with the deer, you know. Oh, Early is it really? Are you in rut right now? Is that it? Yeah, my, my neck swells up. I start to get a little antsy. That's an, Well, I'm glad that we're apart <laughs> via the Internet then. Uh, I don't know that I could fend you off. But anyway, you know, Kelly... You know, we, we try very hard, I think, to, to kind of bring the awareness to what's going on inside the, the career field. And, mm-hmm. you know, you and I have been doing the podcast now for two years. And, uh, you know, I think we really try to bring a, a cross-section of what we're doing into the show so people kind of have an understanding of what's going on inside EMS. And one of the things that you and I are very passionate about is state and regional EMS conferences. Mm-hmm. And they have a real place within our career field, but I don't think yeah. a lot of people are, are really given the uh, attention that they deserve. And we thought today mm-hmm. it would be great if we could uh, kind of dedicate a show to these folks that are trying to put on some great clinical education. Yeah, you know, the, that, that is a, a uh, unsung, uh, or that's a, that's a very underutilized source of education and, and uh, kind of a hidden gem in EMS is these state and local uh, EMS conferences. Now I go to quite a few. I've been doing it for, for close to 20 years now. And, uh, you never fail to see, uh, a core people, uh, a core group of, of very dedicated EMTs, uh, attending these conferences. Um, and the education there is often quite good. It's, it's far better than, than generally what I've gotten, uh, at, uh, at my own agencies, not to take anything away from Acadian or any other place I've worked for, but but the education you you tend to get at your own agency, as as provided as continuing education, tends to be very agency centric, uh, right. and it it doesn't really address um, outside influences or or what the the current state of the science is. So uh, uh, that's where I, I tend to get my my EMS continuing education is at these conferences. You get outside your own little bubble and, and learn the way other people are doing these things. And, and there's a lot of hidden gems out there. So, yeah. Yeah. I think you bring up a good point when you talk about, you know, within inside, inside our own areas of specialty, meaning the organizations or the colleges yeah. or the States, people are doing things differently. And I think what we'll do today is we're going to take a seat at the guest table. I'm going to go ahead and interview Nathan Stanaway and bring him in here. And Kelly will go ahead and take the reins and interview Daniel Mills. And we're going to kind of talk about these two guys that are setting off down the path to bring some good education. So, Kelly, if you don't mind, let me go first. Go on, go on with your bad self. Thank you. Thank I'm you. Nathan. And let's bring in Nathan Stanaway. He's coming to us from the great state of South Carolina. So, Nathan, welcome to the show and thanks for joining us. Hey, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. 
So Nathan, before we get started, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? All right. So uh, I've kind of been all over the country in EMS. Um, I, I started in uh, Chattanooga in an ER there as an EMT, got my paramedic license, uh, went down to Grady in Atlanta, uh, really cut my teeth there as a new paramedic. Uh, went out, tried the park service, uh, was a park ranger paramedic in Yellowstone at Old Faithful, which was interesting. And then um, my uh, wife's job brought us here to South Carolina, and I'm uh, finishing up a degree in business here in uh, South Carolina. Awesome. We could always use great leaders with great business sense, Nathan, so that's awesome for you. You know, one of the things when we think about regional conferences or we think about the the national conferences, I'd like to get your opinion on this. Why should EMTs bother to attend an EMS conference, you know, especially if their agency is giving them continuing education anyway? Uh, That's a great question. And um, it's actually one that that comes up a lot. Uh, But I think when it comes down to it, if you get all of your education uh, from one source, uh, that can lead to really an echo chamber. And if that happens, it's it's really difficult for new information and new techniques to gain traction in that organization. And and ultimately, that ends up being a problem for the agency, uh, the patients, and eventually even the EMS providers. So l- let's talk about your specific conference. You're affiliated with the Metro Atlanta EMS Conference, and I know you do a lot of their marketing for them. So when we think about these regional conferences, how important are they to the region? I think one of the things that you said is you mentioned the echo chamber, and I really like that. And if people are getting their information just from their organization, they're going to probably be stagnant. And, and you know, we, we've seen educators that at times they're given information that's false. So being able to see different instructors, I think, is important. But t- talk a little bit about the regional conferences compared to the national conferences as well. So I think the national conferences um, – have a great opportunity to um, to have some really well established speakers come in and, and and to talk about some some really uh, national issues and some national trends. And I think the opportunity for for regional conferences is to be a bit more uh, focused on what may be a more regional issue. So for Grady, um, you know, everybody saw CNN and the Ebola thing. Um, so for, for that issue being the CDC and Emory and all those kind of places, they can focus more on that or they can focus on uh, biohazard stuff. Uh, if it's a different conference in a different area, they may have a different issue. If it's a conference in Arizona, maybe they focus on a lot of environmental kind of emergencies and that sort of thing. So Regional conferences, I think, provide uh, the opportunity for for a more focused uh, approach to their education. Yeah, really, a lot more specialty. I, I really, I really like that fact. So, you know, as part as you know, your role as marketing and and even getting involved with those conference organizers. What's the challenge of putting a conference of this magnitude on? I mean, you think about the obstacles, you think about the expense, you think about you know all the things that kind of pop up. Uh, what are those big challenges of putting a conference like this on? Well, of course, nothing is free. Uh, we all know that. So uh, really finding uh, the funding and then making sure people know about the conference. That's kind of you know where I focus on is making sure people know about the conference. And so, and so uh, vendors are want to come to conferences where they have a, a lot of attendees, and that for them makes it a successful conference. Um, and the vendors, of course, pay a large part of our expense. So uh, the biggest expense for us is the venue, of course. Um, but when vendors think about that, we have to have enough room for the vendors to set up. We have enough room for the speakers to, to provide their content. Um, so, so funding is definitely a large issue. 
You know, one of the things I think is really interesting when it comes to conferences, and, and you hear this all the time, Nathan, you've been to the conferences and I've been to them, you know, the the networking that you do is so very important. I mean, there are people that you talk to that have the same problems that you do, that maybe they've solved them six months before you did, and that networking is important, but that education that you get is also important. Is, is there a balance or is there one that outweighs the other as far as importance of education versus networking? That's a great question. To me, the education is always the most important part. Um, you know, as healthcare providers, we want to provide the best care possible for every single one of our patients, uh, and that's really impossible to do without a really good education. And the thing about all healthcare is that understanding the human body is always changing, and as a result, uh, we treat the way we treat patients is always changing. Um, so I think it's hard to stay current on all the science by yourself. And so I think education plays uh, at these conferences uh, can play a really big role in helping uh, one stay current. But the networking uh, is also, I think, really important when you talked about, um, yeah, somebody may have already addressed this question. And if you met them at the conference and you had a quick conversation about something, that may be somebody who you can call up and, and ask some questions. Uh, and they may be able to help you solve a problem a lot more uh, efficiently than you would have been able to on your own. Yeah, and I have to agree with that. And I think that that's one of the great things about going to the conferences. You know, here's one of the things about EMS, man. We all have the same issues. You know, we all worry about the schedule. We all worry about the resources. We all worried about, you know, our, our, our employees on scene. And, and we all have the same types of problems that we're trying to deal with. And I think that that is, uh, you know, a great component of that is that networking to build that, that uh, you know, that team. So what's more vital to the success of the conference? Is it the vendors or is it the faculty? So that's that's really a tough question. Let's be honest. The vendors make it possible for us to book the venue, uh, to bring in the speakers, and in our case, uh, we feed our attendees. Which we, uh, which we appreciate. Yeah, yeah. A lot, it's, it's really important. Um, <laughs> but I think the overall success of the conference uh, depends on what the individual attendee is looking for. Oh, yeah. So I think some conferences have done a great job of bringing in all the vendors and the latest gadgets that we all want to play with. And for some conference attendees, that's going to be the most important part. That being said, for other conference attendees, the education offerings are the most important part. You know, maybe for the EMS provider who, who works in a system that doesn't provide much or really any quality uh, continuing education, the conference faculty, the speakers, um, all the content they provide is, is really always going to be the most important part of their experience. Right. Well, I have to agree with you, and I think that you hit the nail right on the head. So when you think about it, one of the things that a lot of people ask me, and I'm sure you hear this as well, is they want to know how they can become a speaker at these conferences. And, you know, they try to apply, you know, to speak at the national conferences, uh, EMS World Expo and EMS Today, and they always get turned down. And, and a lot of times they get their starts in these regional conferences. And, and having been around them for as long as you have, do you have any advice for the people who are out there that are aspiring to become speakers at conferences? Yeah, I think really go to the conference, you know, meet the people who are running the conference, um, you know, attend the conference, see what kind of flavor that local conference is really bringing to the table and see if that's going to be a good fit for you. Um, you know, and then beyond that, speaking at our conference uh, involves you just first of all uh, apply through the website and every speaker has a topic or two on which they're a subject matter expert. Uh, and in our case, we're lucky enough to have a huge pool of really high-quality speakers from places like um, Emory University, Grady Health System, uh, Morehouse. Uh, that means we, we typically don't pay speakers to fly in from other locations. Um, so that's something to keep in mind. 
but we definitely give new blood a chance. I'm all about uh, changing things up and rocking the boat. I think it's really important that we don't become an echo chamber, uh, isolated from the rest of the medical community outside of our region. Right. So, so yeah, if somebody's got something great to offer, um, we'll absolutely bring them in. Yeah, I think that's really good. And you got the CDC down there too, don't you? Yeah, yeah. So the CDC and like all those places are, are resources. Um, the DEA, ATF, I mean, all we've got. You know, it's a it's a major city. It's a major metropolitan area, and so that that really um, we're really lucky in that case that we can we can tap into a whole lot of resources and not have to fly in or bring in a bunch of people to really be able to offer some quality content. You know, I think with that, I mean, thinking about what we talked about a, a minute ago when you talked about Ebola and, and, of course, the work that Grady did during that big scare, and we applauded, you know, even on the show, Kelly and I talked about it, we applauded the work that you guys did down there. It would almost seem that this regional conference, with all the resources that you have within the, in the city of Atlanta and within the state of Georgia— um, it's almost, it could be, a, 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 you know, for anyone in the United States because they're going to get some content that they may not get in any other uh, venue. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, the Southeast is known uh, for strokes. Um, and, and I can tell you firsthand that um, the Southeast, uh, Grady, Atlanta, even Chattanooga, offers some of the best stroke care in the nation. You, you cannot beat it. Um, so if you want to know what's going on, on the bleeding edge of stroke care, um, on the bleeding edge of, uh, you know, CDC related stuff with all kinds of funky diseases. Um, you know, we bring in those people, we bring in those epidemiologists, we bring in those neurologists, um, to come speak at the conference. Right. Awesome. So Nathan, folks want to get a hold of you. Is there a way they can do that? Yeah. Um, so our website is www.maemsc.org. Um, you know, maybe you can have that in the, in the show notes or something. Uh, our next event, our next conference is next March. Um, we just finished up our, our last conference this year. Um, if they want to be a, uh, are interested in being a speaker at the conference, visit that website. There's a, there's a little, uh, button there, click vendor contact, fill that information out. Um, and, uh, the rest will be uh, pretty simple. Well, Kelly, there you go. There you have it. And there's Nathan's story. Why don't you go ahead and pick up the gauntlet? And take Daniel down the same path. All right. Well, uh, we'd like to welcome Daniel Mills to the show. Daniel's coming to us from Alabama with a banjo on his knee. And <laughs> um, Daniel, why don't you introduce yourself to our listeners and uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hey, good morning, guys. Uh, I'm Daniel Mills. I'm a full-time flight paramedic with uh, Air Methods with the Lifesaver program here in Alabama. Um, I'm also the... Uh, vice president of the Alabama EMS Association. I've uh, been in EMS and fire critical care for about 15 years now. Uh, did nine years in the military as a corpsman with the uh, the Marines. So I've been, I guess I've been flying for right out about three and a half years now. I've been teaching, I guess, military side and civilian side for around 10. Kind of, I stepped into the EMS Association conference world about a year ago. So appreciate cool. y'all having me. Cool. You know, uh, I, I was watching your, your video on, on YouTube, man, and, and I'm telling you, how are you still married if your <laughs> wife has tried twice now? Get this, Chris. Sevalero, his wife has twi tried twice now to throw away his whoopee. You never get between a Marine uh, Marine and his poncho. Nope. Wife. No, you don't. His no, wife you don't. Has tried twice to throw it away now, and I, I, I failed 
you know, you must you must be a saint, Daniel, to uh, to keep her around. After I rec I recommend counseling right there. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty even kill. I told her the next time she did it, the, her little uh, her little dog was going to take a troop out to the farm. So an eye <laughs> for an eye. <laughs> uh, one one thing before we get started, man, and I and every time I since I first met you, I've wanted to do this. Um, just just say a, a phrase for me. Say efficient clean burning propane <laughs> efficient clean burning propane oh man dang this, it bobby so, <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect that's perfect uh, but um i, um, I don't man, i don't I, I don't get the joke because you both talk the same i, I don't understand it <laughs> yeah i was i was overseas with a bunch of guys from up north you know uh ohio you know upstate new york massachusetts so i'm used to it sell propane so and propane accessories person. yeah i'm not the first person that, that thinks you talk like hank hill huh oh no i i got that uh my, my buddy chip and he'll be listening to this he used to try to get me to say dang it bobby quit humping ladybird <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah. Yeah. i feel um, like i've entered the twilight zone <laughs> um so Dan, I, I, I had the pleasure of, of speaking at the Alabama EMS conference in Birmingham a couple months back, and and you you were pretty much a one man show there. You you revived that conference uh, from a, a fifteen year hiatus, uh, and and started putting it on again for the Alabama EMS Association. And we'd kind of like to give you a shout out and, and let you uh, share with us some of the uh, shoals and pits and pitfalls that you ran into along the way. What was in your mind, what was the toughest thing about putting on uh, an EMS conference? Oh, mercy. Um, it, it was kind of a just an all-around deal. Um, like you said, it had been dead, you know, for, I mean, 15-plus years. And, you know, the, that, that's how education was here. Um, at, you know, we had fallen victim to the, you know, hey, sign this roster. You get three different cards in, a, you know, an eight-hour day that was Pencil supposed whip, to be huh? – quote unquote education um and you know we we really fought um you know the the culture of education around you know in just central alabama um you know all the way from the education to you know people around here are used to getting everything for free and that's the quality of education they got you get what you um, pay yeah. You know, and getting people to to bite off on the conference of uh, vendors, you know, because everybody that was the first thing that vendors would tell me, um, you know, how many people y'all haven't done this and we've never heard of you. Like, I don't you know, I don't know if we can invest time and money into this because mm -hmm. we don't know if it's going to be successful, you know, and it, and it really played a factor in, you know, the the scale um of how big the conference was and you know hopefully it'll grow um if you know if you've you've met me and followed me mm -hmm. you know i'm i'm pretty much like a bull in a china shop so uh <laughs> you know and you know really fighting the the culture just on the lack of education mm -hmm. um you know I, I work in trauma neuro research at the university here in, in birmingham and we see all this evidence-based practice and evidence-based education coming mm -hmm. out and it is not reaching our ground level providers not trickling down huh you know and and there's just such a like i said you know before there's such a just a sick culture of education and mm -hmm. sub 
low par, subpar standards. You know, the 150 people that attended that conference mm-hmm. are kind of like y'all said in the introduction. Like those are those are the the game changers. Those are the pipe hitters that are out here that are thirsting for knowledge. Mm-hmm. You know, because con- con- continuing education is not it's not really mandated. You know, yeah. because everybody can go pencil whip an ACLS card. They don't get the new, you know, new standards in, you know, 12 leads, medications. Uh, they don't, you know, read the data and the research studies on lidocaine versus amiodarone. Um, you know, and it we just continue to be stagnant. Like, we're, yeah. we're not progressing. Uh, and, you know, that's one thing we're trying to change, you know, with the conferences and, you know, continuing education around here is just get yeah. people moving. Well, what was uh, um, and and man, that's you're not alone in that regard. That's that's a that's a uh, well used refrain just about everywhere you go. Is uh, uh, educational opportunities are, are few and far between, and the ones that are uh, could be improved quite a bit. Um, what was specifically? What were some of the obstacles that you ran into uh, as far as you know uh, generating attendance and and getting getting uh, meat in the seat? Um, one of, one of the big things we had was we had a lot of people working against us. A lot of the, you know, EMS management types mm-hmm. who you figured are in a leadership position and should be, you know, promoting knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, around here, knowledge, knowledge is looked at as, you know, knowledge is power, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and that scares people for some odd reason. Um, mm-hmm. you know, we had, we had EMS management and, you know, people really fighting, pushing back against us. I mean, I had people calling me. I was like, hey, man, my boss told me not to, you know, attend this. He said, I'm coming anyway. Um, you know, people tell me, hey, I put in to get off work for this, and I was told, you know, I don't need to, to show up. And this is coming from, like, high-level management. Hmm. You know, and, and these are these are the same companies that, you know, you can go get ACLS, PALS, and ITLS in one day, all three hmm. of them, one day. Um, so, you know, it, it fighting, we, we were fighting the current, uh, you yeah. kind of felt like a koi fish, you know, the entire time, <laughs> like we were just fighting and fighting and fighting. Um, and that's, I, I believe that's one reason why it really died off, um, you know, over, you know, 10, 15 years is because people got tired of fighting. Um, you know that, and then on the other hand, you know, I've got people that come up to me every day at the hospital, at the helicopter. Um, yeah. You know, they'll they'll call me, email me, text me. Hey, man, we need education. We need education. And then it turns into, well, that's awfully expensive for three days. You know. Um, and how I much? Think, what was it? Fifty bucks did you charge? Yeah. Me? Yeah. You know, <laughs> and God. and what they don't realize, and you know, that's what we had to tell a lot of people: all the the expenses. You know, and. I, I told everybody, I promised, you know, I said, when, when I do this, it's going to be top notch. It will be the best three days of education anybody around here has ever had. And I promised them that, um, you know, people getting guys like you in, I mean, it's, it's not cheap. Uh, you know, people take time out of their, <laughs> out of their lives, uh, you know, to, to be here. Um, I gave you and, all the brother-in-law discount, man. Yeah. And, you know, and it, uh, it's it's tough, you know, and trying to just change this culture. You know, I'm an NAMT instructor, and I love the NAMT platform, um, but you don't have a lot of people around here biting off on the classes because of, of money. And, you know, I, I get it. You know, I've, I've been on an ambulance for 14 years now, and, 
you know, we're just having to really fight this culture, uh, yeah. the stagnant education culture we have here. Yet you, you still you still manage to get 150 people there for which is which is not uh, nothing to sneeze at in your first year back. So evidently, you had a few employers who at least saw the light and and uh, and helped support you. You know what uh, what kind of feedback do you get from conference attendees? The ones I talked to were really seemed pleased with the, the level of education I got. I, I was uh, I was pleasantly surprised. I you know like I said I promised everybody you know my normal normal bull in the china shop mentality. I said this is going to be the best one, um, and we're only getting better from here. Uh, the we I don't think we can top the level of instructors we had i mean we had special operations doctors i'm talking about tier one you know special operations guys mm-hmm. we brought you in um yours your ptsd we've got the most feedback on really um oh Good. yeah you know we had all the critical care air medical folks mm-hmm. um, our trauma surgeons from uab i mean i we you know i, I swung hard for the fences uh, when it came to the lecture, so I mean, we we got yeah. huge, huge feedback, um, you know, and I, I was I was I was happy with it. Yeah, uh, I know you ran into some some uh, obstacles along the way. What uh, what were some of the the hidden uh, hidden things that uh, jumped out and bit you that you didn't have planned for? <laughs> uh, always read the fine print. Uh, <laughs> At these conference centers, man, uh, that, that fine print. We, uh, yeah, we it's get $30 sandwiches, that sort of thing. $30 <laughs> sandwiches with a 23% service charge. Um, you know, and that's what people don't realize is, you know, they, they, when we want to put on a quality event and bring in mm-hmm. quality instructors, it's not cheap. Um, and nothing's yeah. free. Um, yeah. You know, I'm a I'm an instructor here at UAB for the special operations group, so I was able to pull some strings with some people and you know favors and uh, you know tell them we'd feed them lunch. But mm-hmm. you know what a lot of people don't realize is you you saw the the you know the facility we had and it was top mm-hmm. notch. It was nice, but it cost us right out about fifteen thousand dollars. Yeah, um, for food, water, coffee. You know, and a lot of people kind of fail. They don't see that side of it. And they, yeah. and we don't want them to. I mean, that's not the purpose of it. But, you know, it, it's it's always, uh, you know, something that we need to keep in mind, you know, especially just financially. Yeah. One of the things I noticed that you did, and, and we're, we're getting close on time, so we'll, we'll need to wrap it up. But one of the things I noticed you guys did in your, your uh, conference that, that you don't see many other places is uh, you, you had an exhibit hall, but you also had uh, exhibitor booths and stuff right there in the, the main lecture hall um, uh, where everybody's doing the, the speaking. Um, you, is that something you plan to do uh, next time around as well? I am, yeah. And that was one thing uh, when I talked to the vendors was, you know, I told them, I said, uh, you know, I want to give you all the maximum exposure, the maximum mm-hmm. bang for your buck. You're taking a chance on us. You know, you're you're gambling with taking a you know a weekend out of your schedule to spend with the Alabama EMS Association. So I wanted that just constant, you know, contact to where mm-hmm. when you come in and out of the the vendor hall or the lecture room, that you had to talk to the vendors, um, and they were they were pleasantly pleased with it. So that that kind of seemed like a huge success. So we'll definitely do that next year. 
that is that is something that uh, my uh, my girlfriend, who's the marketing wizard in the uh, relationship, has has pointed out is that you know the vendors are what make these conferences go, and the thing that they they need is exposure to the attendees rather than just people just browsing through the lecture the exhibit hall and, and gathering free swag. Uh, being a, uh, having a chance to actually pitch their products, uh, and they underwrite most of the, the expenses of the conference. And I know that uh, Nate uh, uh, Stanaway and, and uh, the organizers of the Metro Atlanta conference were able to put on a heck of a show for for fifty bucks. You know, three full days of education, and it was because of the vendor support uh, underwriting most of the costs. And I imagine the same was true for y'all in Alabama. But um, man, we, we thank you for coming on the show today, and uh, we hope that you uh, you continue the the conference, and and uh, I'd love to come back next year and and see how much it grows. And uh, for for anyone who's who's uh, contemplating attending an EMS conference, I would tell you to go ahead and go. You're going to be exposed to a lot of things uh, outside your own agency's sphere of influence, uh, and it's going to be some. Uh, quite often you're going to hear some heretical thoughts that uh, you, you never quite considered uh, that aspect of EMS. Um, and if you have attended an EMS conference or a state or regional EMS conference in the future or in the past, um, my challenge is is to bring one coworker with you the next time you go and you can double the attendance of these EMS conferences and uh, the vendors will be happy and there will be more of them and, and that sort of thing just builds upon itself. Daniel, before we close today, let's uh, give you a chance to pimp the Alabama EMS Conference. Uh, when's your next one? Where's it going to be held? Uh, where do people go to sign up? Uh, it's going to be in Orange Beach. Sweet. Uh, yeah, next May. Um, so go to alabamaems.com. We also are on Facebook, the uh, Alabama EMS Association. Um, you can follow me at Daniel Mills. Uh, you know, there, there's multiple avenues. But next year is going to be bigger and better. Uh, you know, I want, I want 3,000 people in the seats next year. So awesome. uh, we, we will see everybody at Orange Beach in May. Okay. I'm happy, happy to come down to Orange Beach, uh, Dan. So, and, uh, oh, and you're going to be there. Don't worry. And let's not <laughs> forget the Metro. Both. And let's not forget Metro Atlanta. Kelly, uh, yeah. maybe it's time for us to put that uh, joint class together and uh, get yeah, out there and do, do some education, man. Well, yeah, let's do one. And let me let me pimp uh, the other conferences I've attended that uh, – that, uh, you know, small conferences with a lot of heart. Uh, I was at Tidewater EMS Expo uh, uh, a month ago and in uh, Suffolk, Virginia. Excellent conference. And we've got one in Louisiana, our state conference in Homa, uh, June the 9th through the 12th. Uh, it's called the Land Ramp Conference. And we would urge anyone from the south, uh, from Louisiana, uh, southeast uh, Mississippi and southwest Texas to, uh, or southwest Mississippi and southeast Texas to attend. Uh, Going to have some good national speakers and uh, great food and fellowship, and you, you'll enjoy it. Going to have Kip Tsort there teaching a very uh, good, yeah, uh, awesome precon class. So, hey Kelly, um, yeah, why don't you go ahead and finish up the show by saying, uh, "Y'all come back now, you hear?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for tuning in to Inside EMS, and we'd like to thank our our uh, guests uh, Nate Stanaway and Daniel Mills, and for myself and co-host Chris Cebolero. Thanks for tuning in to Inside EMS. Y'all come back now, you hear?